myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you Good evening, welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Ross Gregory joins us tonight. We had Superman and Gibbo a little bit earlier. How are you, Ross? I'm good, thanks, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good to see you, mate. Good to see you. And uh, I can see the chat warming up already with questions about transfers. Uh, we will come to that uh, a little bit later. We do want to uh, get Ross's review of the season, which is what we are doing uh, this week on all of the shows. Uh, so without further ado, Ross, I'm going to go for your best signing, mate. Best signing for me, and that's a it's a tricky one, um, because you know obviously Joe Willock signed in the in the summer it was the only it was the only real arrival um, of any note. Um, the January transfer window was, as we all know, transformative. You know, Dan Byrne came in, excellent, shored up that that defence. Matt Target left back, superb. Chris Wood pit, um, chipped in with a couple of really important goals and was much needed in that. Uh, in that role with Callum Wilson. Now, Bruno, without a doubt, is the standout signing of that summer, of that, uh, sorry, January transfer window, and probably the, the January, not just for Newcastle, probably across the, the Premier League, an absolutely outstanding signing and a, a, a kind of landmark signing as well, a kind of flag in the sand, if you like, um, for Bruno. But for me, the, the signing of the season was, was Kieran Trippier. I think the... That was a statement, you know, that you can say in a current England international, these leadership qualities, where he's come from, where he's, what he's done. Um, that when Newcastle could brought somebody like Kieran Trippier into the club and, and, and I think that set the bar. It made, it made other clubs sit up and take a little bit of notice. It, it, it made other players who were maybe thinking about coming or whatever, looking and say, oh, hang on a second, Kieran Trippier's come in. Um, and he just raised the standards on the pitch. He, he raised them in the changing rooms. Um, I think we look back in a few years' time, is that potentially being one of the key signings of, of Newcastle United's current history? I, I kind of liken it a little bit to when, you know, you'll be, <laughs> you're old enough as well, Steve, as I am to, to remember, you know, the Barry Venison signing in um, under under Kevin Keegan, uh, Paul Brace, all them sorts of players when they came in. I think Kieran Trippier will... will not necessarily, you know, the high, highest profile or, or the most glamorous, but just a really, really top professional. So, yeah, signing of the season for me, Kieran Trippier. Yeah, I can understand why as well. Uh, most improved player in the season. Yeah, it's another. There's another few contenders, isn't it? Yeah, there um, is for each category. Bizarrely, there is, there is, and, and you, if you looked at it, you know, it's. I think you've got to almost break the season down into two. You've got your first half and your second half. Second half, there's been so many um, players who, under Eddie Howe, he's, he's improved so many players. He's improved, you can see, Emil Kraft's improved hugely. Joe Linton's uh, the, the uh, I suppose, the obvious choice of, of how much he's improved across the, the full season, not just not just kind of since Christmas. Um, I do think someone like John Joe Shelby probably deserves a shout as well for improved. You know, we all know he's got quality, but he's never been able to put it together consistently. Um, Ryan Fraser under Howe as well, is, is played a lot better than what I thought he was going to play. So I'm going to go Ryan Fraser as the, as the most Im improved player because I wasn't quite sure if he had a he would have a a future at Newcastle. I wasn't quite sure how he would fit in. I wasn't quite sure he, he, about his, 
I don't know his application or, or, or his confidence or the whole package. I just wasn't sure. So for me, I'm going to say Ryan Fraser is the is the most improved. Okay, uh, best match or performance of the season. Um, again, it, it's probably got to come in the second second half of the of the season, and, and again, the obvious one is is Arsenal. Um, that that second last game of the season, the, the the final home game, and I know, I know Arsenal weren't at their at their best. I know Arsenal didn't play anywhere near the level that that had got them into into Champions League contention. Um, but Newcastle, from from the first whistle to the last whistle bossed that game absolutely bossed that game and that's not an easy thing to do in in the premier league against any team it's not an easy thing to do against against burnley or against norwich to, to, to kind of put in a 90 minute performance like that never mind against a team who are who are going for champions league qualification who've got a lot of talented players in their in their team the whole atmosphere around the ground and, and around the game kind of fed into that and and and, and made it the spectacle and made it the 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 atmosphere and the environment and the in the you know the, the the whole mood of the game um that was all fed into from the from the crowd and everything else like that with war flags um but in terms of pure performance i don't think i don't think you can look past that um that that arsenal game just for for passion ability dominance and because of who it was we hadn't beaten a, a top six club in the good run that we'd had, you know, put in some really good performances and really good results. Um, but hadn't had it hadn't hadn't beaten the top six six clubs. So I think that has to go down for me as the as the best performance of the season. Okay. What was your moment of the season, Ross? I mean, obviously it doesn't have to be football related, it doesn't have to be on the pitch, it could be off the pitch. What was your your overall moment of last season? Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting one, this one, Steve. I mean I've thought about this one quite a bit and the the takeover again you know it's it's such a transformative um moment in in the season in the club's history potentially um that's that 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 is a is an overall moment and i know most people will say that the takeover so i know i'm not um i know i'm not i'm not you know reinventing the wheel here so to speak it, it, it's it's fairly obvious I'll, I'll move it on slightly from the from the takeover so for me even though it even though it was a defeat it was that that first home game after the takeover against Spurs so I'd, I'd I don't get to all home games these days you know I get to a, get to a few I, I, I get go to some is it you know in a work capacity go to some games in it is a in a fan capacity um I went to that one. I, I got tickets to that one because I wanted to go with my son, and we went up to the game. And, and funny enough, we, I bumped into you outside, Steve. If you remember, I bumped yeah. into you outside the um, outside the Shearers bar, and we had a we had a we had a bit of an embrace and a in a in a um, a bit chat. But walking up to the up to the ground, got there very early as you did. Got there around around the place. It, you could just feel the buzz. You could feel the the excitement. You could feel the happiness. You could feel the joy. Everything that we haven't felt around Newcastle United for a decade, bar the odd, the odd game, the odd experience, the odd, the odd moment. And again, I, I don't like harking back all the time, but you, but I think I mentioned it to, to you at the time. We go back to kind of it, it felt like what it was under the under them Keegan days, where you know the, the buzz around around the ground about you know you felt you could take on the world as a 
as a football fan, you felt like the, the club was was going somewhere and was positive. It was just an amazing feeling. And then that first kind of 15, 20 minutes when Callum Wilson scored that that opener after after two minutes, the, the place was electric, absolutely, absolutely, um, absolutely bouncing. Obviously, it, it fell a little bit flat towards the end, which we shouldn't have been really been surprised about given the state that the team was in and everything else, um, everything else going around it with with Steve Bruce and, and the whole the whole atmosphere. But for that for that half an hour in the lead up to kickoff and for that first fifteen minutes after kickoff is I wasn't fortunate to be at the Arsenal game. Um but that was that was just that that was a moment for me. That was a real moment. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, mate. I know exactly what you mean. We've had a, a vast array. I'm sure we'll get a, a couple more tomorrow and uh, with me and Holly on Saturday. So uh, keep tuning in. We'll give you uh, our reviews of the season. Don't forget, you can vote for your player of the season at nufcmatters.com. Uh, we'll be announcing the uh, the winner of that tomorrow night. Okay, your goal of the season, Ross. There's been some um, some crackers, some real crackers. Um, I'll... I'll... It's hard, to, it's hard always to, to narrow it down. <clears throat> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll narrow it down to, to a handful that, that kind of that that some of them are, which are just fantastic goals, but a couple which just just mean mean a lot as well. Um just because of of what they were. So um I think it was Callum Wilson's goal against Palace. Um you know, acrobatic, great goal, Bruno's Back heel on the volley on his debut against Southampton, great goal. Um, but in terms of kind of moments, I would point to a couple of free kicks. John Joe Shelby's free kick against Leeds, uh, not the greatest free kick, kind of keep that spilled it in. But that was a must-win game, and it was a massive, massive goal. Kevin Trippier's goal against um, free kick against against Everton, again just a, a massive, massive. Um, goal in the context of, of the season in the context of, of Newcastle's fight for survival and then also I would also put in Bruno's last minute last second winner against against Leicester just for the for the joy the unbridled joy and there's nothing like scoring a, a late late goal like that but I think for 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 pure quality I'll go for Bruno's little flick against Southampton um just a moment of just absolute unbelievable skill and, and talent and just on your debut to, to pull something like that out, of, out of the bag on a on a miserable night in, in down on on Southampton um to, to pull something like that out you just you just start to know wow we've got a player here we've got a real player on our hands here yeah okay and last but by no means it's your player of the season Ross yeah this was probably the easiest out of the out of the lot Steve um Joe Linton um, without a, without a shadow of a doubt, from I've always been I've always had a soft spot for Joe Linton, and I'm, and I've, I've taken a little bit of a background amongst you know sometimes on on social media and sometimes within within my my friendship group as well about about Joe Linton, and, and I've always tried to defend him because I could say he was struggling and, and and he wasn't the player that 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 fans hoped for and, and everybody hoped for when he first arrived. I always felt that he that. Everything that went on, he never, he never hid. Never go there to Wolves a couple of seasons ago, and he was getting dogs abuse from from the, the, the away fans there. And he was still grafting. He would, but you could see his confidence was shot. I'm just chuffed from about the turnaround that that's come about because 
his fitness record is is superb. You know, he's a big lad. He's a, he puts himself about, but he barely misses a game, barely misses a, a minute across the last three seasons or whatever it's been. Um, and from the turnaround, his his career in a in a different role, in a in a different position, one which he's never really played before, but looks like he's just he's, he's played all his life. I think is um is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he how he um kicks on next season. I think it's a, another big season for him because he's got to keep developing. Um, but yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think it's the it's the easiest choice of all for me is uh is Joe Linton as player this season. Yeah, it's uh, no surprise to hear Joe Linton getting a mention again on someone else's uh, selection. But thanks for uh, taking the time to do that, Ross. And uh, you can tell everyone is in suspense in the chat because there's that many questions coming in uh, about the transfer situation. And uh, we will turn our attention to that in uh, in a second. I just want to uh, talk a little bit about Ukraine-Scotland last night, Ross. Um, you know, an emotional game for the Ukrainian team. Many of those players haven't played or kicked the ball in anger um, for, for months now because of the, the war that's taken place in their country. Um, I, I know there was split loyalties a little bit on the panel last night because you know, Stu really did want to see Scotland progress and he, he felt like the weight of the, uh, the the chat was against him last night. I think a lot of people want Ukraine to win. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it was it, politics needs to be parked. It was all about the football and Ukraine you know, they, they got the result and they'll be the team that takes on Wales uh, for a place in the World Cup finals. And they were the, the deservedly so. It wasn't, you know, they didn't scrape through and they, they didn't, you know, they didn't just get by on a, almost on a sympathy vote. They were they were outstanding. They were the better team. Scotland froze a little bit, I think, but they weren't at, at the best. You know, I've seen Scotland play a lot better, but um, Ukraine were, were outstanding and, and could have won by a comfortable margin in the end. Could have been, you know, much more comfortable than than um, than three one. Um, I thought the outstanding play on the pitch was was Zinchenko, the the Man City um, left back or, or, or left midfielder, depending on, on where he wants to play or where he what, what position he's played in. I've seen him linked with um, with Newcastle over over recent days and, and weeks. Um, I thought he was he was outstanding on the on the on the night, and is obviously a, a really talented player. Funnily enough, I don't think he's He's one of those where when you look at him for, for Man City, you think, mm, is he is he potentially a weak link? He's not quite up to their standards, but he was he was brilliant last night. Great for Ukraine, great for for, for world football. Um, it was the real kind of feel good story, I suppose, for for them to to win last night. That the, the, the job's only half done for them. Obviously, now they've got uh, they've got Wales on on Sunday, which will be which will be a real uh, tricky one. Um, and I, 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 but if Ukraine play anything like they did last night, they'll I think uh, I think Wales will be in for a shock as well. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, looks uh, looks very very daunting enough for Wales, but yeah, we will wait and see. Okay, we will move on to the transfer news. Chippers uh, gets in first with his question about the goalkeeping situation at Newcastle United, and uh, he asks, "Is there any more talk about Dean Henderson?" Um, I've been watching the uh, the journalists. Uh, uh, tweets uh, go out today and uh, a few of those ITK in the note accounts as well and seeing you know what they're picking up from the uh, the various news sites around the world and not so much keeper talk more centre forward midfield and defender talk defenders talk today but Dean Henderson being linked we spoke about him on the show before Ross uh, any news uh, that you've picked up on the grapevine uh, over over the last seven days on Dean Henderson it's not moved on on too much um 
there's still certainly a, an interest there in, in Newcastle and monitoring the situation. It depends on, and I've spoken to people at both ends on this one, it depends who you, who you speak to. So at the, at the, if you speak to people on the on the Manchester United side of things, on that end, then they'll say that the deal, that the interest is, is a lot more concrete and, and further along, and there has been preliminary talks with, uh, with between Newcastle and Henderson. You speak to people on, on the Newcastle side and, and people are either closely involved with the club or or, or who who've spoke to, to other people around around Henderson's camp and they say that it's not anywhere near that kind of that kind of stage and in that you know they just keep a, a kind of watching watching brief on the situation. I'm tempted if if I was being honest, I'm I'm tempted to to believe in in, in and go more strongly towards that, that that there will be a deal pushed at some point in, in this summer. Um, I do think it's something that that Newcastle are interested in. Um, I do think Henderson's somebody that that Eddie Howe is, is very keen on. Um, Man United have got their own issues at the minute, though. They've got you know they've got a new manager coming in themselves, Eric, uh, Eric Ten Hag. He's having to assess his squad and, and see what what he wants um, to do with with his. With his players, he's got a lot of players going out already. You know, you've you've seen over the last couple of days, your Pogba's, your Matters, uh, Lingard, all their contracts are, are up and they're all moving on. You know, they've got half a dozen others as well. You know, Cavani's and your Phil Jones and and people of, of that ilk who are, who are going to be moving on. So there's going to be a massive, massive um, kind of revolving door of, of players at, at Man United at Old Trafford this this summer. Um, on the goalkeeper front, again speaking to, to people at, at the, around United, Henderson wants to be a number one. He was he was pushing for number one this time last year for, for United. He got COVID in the in the in the summer and it, it tolerated his progress and David De Gea came, you know, just just nailed that that number one jersey. Um Henderson's got a real kind of how can I put it how can I put it nicely? Uh, he's got a He's got an ego, as you know. He's he's got a belief. He's got a self confidence in himself that he is the best goalkeeper around, one of the best goalkeepers in 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 the country. Um, he he thoroughly thinks that he should be number one at Man United and he should be number one at a Premier League club. So he's gonna he's gonna be pushing for that. It may be that it ends up being a loan deal to Newcastle um, rather than something permanent. But I can't see him staying at, at Old Trafford. It just might be one of those that takes a little bit longer to, to come about um if he does move it might be the Newcastle might be somewhere else but it might be one of those that takes a little bit longer to, to come about while while Man United sort their their other more pressing transfer issues out first yeah a lot of talk in the chat about uh one man and one man in particular uh L Stapleton says uh, do you think uh Ekatiki will sign or not uh, Craig Elrington says, hi, Ross, have you seen the news about Ekatiki uh, having second thoughts about signing for us again? Blue Rhythm Boy again says, is Ekatiki joining? And if so, is it a good move for us? Um, lots of people talking about that today. And again, just keeping an eye on the, uh, you know, the news feeds about Newcastle United. Uh, there seemed to be a lot more positivity yesterday than there is today, uh, although Craig Hope um, still still seems to be 
quite keen on the situation. Uh, obviously, from the uh, the Daily Mail, he feels that um, you know that that deal is still possible. Uh, Newcastle are still hopeful of signing. Like uh, TK, the structure and the fees and the terms are still being discussed. A loan uh, plus obligation to buy was mooted, which was a way of delaying financial fair play restrictions. He said but it will be a permanent deal. So still a lot of positivity coming from Craig Hope, mate, and he's he's usually on the money, Craig. I've got to be perfectly honest. Um, what's your take on, on the potential £36 million signing uh, and bringing a striker in, which is what we all need, we all know we need? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the the Ekatike one is, is something, obviously, that's tried in January and tried really hard in January to, to, to get him signed. So... He's he's clearly a player that <clears throat> that they've scouted for a while. Someone something that that's come about, you know, really recently. Um, it's someone that that's been on the, the radar radar for a for a little while, and we're keen to get that that deal done in January. It didn't happen for for a couple of reasons, um, but they've always been backing from. They've always been trying. They've always been keen to to get this one pushed through in in the summer. I don't know too much about the ins and outs of that deal, if I'm being honest. But if, again, I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of repeat what you're saying. If if Hobie's saying it, and, and you know, Craig's a, a one of the the Newcastle journalists who I've who I've got a lot of um, respect for. I think he's he's he gets some great stories. He's 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 very rarely um, not on the money. He's very rarely wrong with anything. So um, I would if if Craig's saying that it's um, that it's it's close, or, or there's it, it's nearing completion, or or um, that there's that there's negotiations taking place, and I'd I, I certainly be, believe um, believe Craig on that front. He's um, he's a talented player. Is it? I take it. He's he's I think he's he's that kind of profile that Newcastle probably need as a as a young, talented, hungry, hungry player who's not right at that that kind of top echelon of players, not in that elite level, but you know, with no Champions League football, with no European football to offer players, you're gonna the top level players. You're gonna have to look in a in a slightly different market. So, um, he is very very highly rated. We've seen, I suppose, the caveat is is that we've seen highly rated French players come to Newcastle before and, and not quite um, not quite fit the bill. You you know your your um, your Torvans and your and your Cabellas and and one or two others. So you always have to take it with a with a those of realism that, that you know coming from it from the French league isn't always the the easiest step up for some players and, and certainly for young players different country and, and, and playing in a different league but he's he's very very highly rated very exciting player so um I think that you know I think he'd be a fantastic addition if we can get that one get that one sorted Mm, yeah, I mean, the other name, uh, again, that won't go away and, and, and was there in January uh, is Botman. Uh, not much news on, on Botman, I've got to be perfectly honest. And uh, again, a lot of the journalists today are saying that Newcastle are certainly still uh, looking to do deals for Sven Botman and Matt Target, despite, you know, a bit of negativity around that story last week, you know, suggesting that, you know, maybe family didn't want to move up north and, you know, maybe that Matt Target was keen on the move, but family weren't. Um, but still seems as if that is, you know, one that they want to get over the line as well. But um, yeah, Botman, um, I think that would be a great signing. I mean, I, I think I said last week, my, my ideal transfer window would see a goalkeeper come in, whether that's Henderson or somebody else. 
I'd love to bring in Botman um, because I, I do rate him. I think he's a good player. Uh, I think he would. I think he would play well alongside Dan Byrne as well. I think that would make give us a really solid back four. Um, you know, two good centre halves, both who complement each other. I'd love to sign Lodi um, as well, the, the, the full back, and you know, potentially, you know, that centre forward berth, you know, taken by somebody like Ekatike and ideally a centre midfield player. You know, whether it's a you know a, a Philipson or whether it's a, a James Ward-Prowse, somebody who can come in and hit the ground running at Premier League level. That that would be my ideal window this time round. So, yeah, Botman uh, and Target. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, so first, first and foremost is is that <clears throat> I suppose it's we don't know what the budget's like. You know, there's there's various reports on on what the what the transfer is about, and and I don't think I, I don't tend to to think that any of the reports will probably be 100% accurate because I think there'll probably be a little bit of, of wiggle room and, and there'll be some some money thrown into the pot depending on player sales and everything else like that. So it could you know it could be it could be anything. I think it will be sizable, and 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 I do think that I think I've said before on this show we used to that I think the transfer record will, will certainly be be broken this summer. Um, for whoever it is, I'm, I'm not quite sure. The interesting, the interesting thing is, is uh, for me, is that if there's, yeah, let's let's just pull a figure out of uh, pluck a figure out of thin air, and let's say it's a hundred million. Okay, let's say that that's the that's the budget this summer. Eddie Howe doesn't want that hundred million spent on two players. Doesn't want that hundred million spent on three players. He wants to spread the signings around us. Is the best of my knowledge. He wants to strengthen his squad in in a in a few areas. He doesn't just want you know two massive name players and, and to fill two holes, and then he might be left a little bit little bit lighter in, in other areas. So they're going to have to manage that 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 budget fairly fairly carefully, rather than just splurging it on on a centre forward or splurging it all on on a on a centre half and a goalkeeper. He, he's, he wants to, to spread it around and, and strengthen in, in various different departments. So, and again, I think his priorities, from what I've heard, are, are the left-back situation and, and centre-half, with, with possibly, with, with obviously a forward in there as well. So, yeah, to answer your question, the, the centre-half and the, and the left-back are, are two key areas. Botman, I think, is a, a really, really... Again, a, a real player that that they like at Newcastle, and that uh, you know all the all the people involved that go in, in, into making a deal, the decision makers, the 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 scouting team, the the management, the the you know whoever's doing the negotiations, and uh, whether that's a Dan Ashworth, who I'm sure I'm sure will come on to it, or it's it's Amanda Stavey or whoever. They all like Botman, and they all think that's a that's a deal that they'd like to get done, but. It, it, Obviously, AC Milan are, are, are probably in, in poor position at the minute, but until they get a, a no, then I think that's one that they'll that they'll keep uh, they'll keep chasing. I, I said last week I'm on my target. I'm just not convinced that the deal that's that's going to happen. I, I might be wrong, and I hope I am wrong because I think he's done a he's done a he's done an excellent job, and he's available at a at a, a decent price, and he's he's somebody who knows the Premier League and now knows the club as well. So I think it would be a really good signing. I'm just not convinced it's it's one that's going to happen, and I and I can't really explain why I'm not convinced. Just little things around it, just just on film is full of um full of confidence, but 
Um, I, w- I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if neither of those players were in the castle uh, come come the start of the season. Yeah. Okay. As always, we uh, give a shout out to uh, our sponsors at this time, and it's a big thank you as always to Spider Miner worldwide coverage from Gareth, Nathan, and the lads. The only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy and it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks also to the guys at skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 2545 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to the lads at LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191389 and a Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD, Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. And thanks also to ClickEye. Meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clear Run device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and ClearRun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with video work. If you want to subscribe to the channel, then hit the subscription button, which is the Newcastle Legends badge in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share your social media, and drop into the comments box to leave a question or to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We are on seven days a week throughout the close season. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and the rest. Uh, Simply go there 24 hours after the show has been on YouTube if you want to catch up. If you want to become a member, you can join by hitting the join button directly underneath this video, or uh, you can take out a better option, which is the NUFC Matters membership pack. And uh, you get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card, an entry into the NUFC Matters membership draw. Uh, And in a couple of weeks' time, we're giving away a season ticket for the Platinum Club or a cash equivalent, which is a thousand pounds. So big thank you to qtechshop.co.uk for that. Become a member if you want to be in that uh, in that draw. And I believe there's 140 members of the NUFC Matters cult at this moment in time. That's good odds uh, in that draw to win a season ticket to get yourself involved. Uh, NUFC Matters also give away a car sticker. If you subscribe, that's free. You just need to email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car sticker. Don't forget the food bank. Rely on deposits virtually. Uh, The match day bucket is still operational 365 days of the year. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you go to make a virtual deposit. Our end of season due is at Shearer's Bar, and it is Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin on Friday the 24th of June. Doors are at 7 o'clock. Entry-only tickets are £12. VIP, £15. Get yourself along. It's going to be a cracker night. Doors are 7 o'clock, and you can buy your tickets today from nufcmatters.com. We've also got the Shearer Ball still up for grabs. Tickets still available, $2.99 a ticket. Get yourself to nufcmatters.com, and you could be the lucky winner of a signed Alan Shearer limited edition to 60 ball. And I've mentioned this a couple of times, but uh, this is to raise money for St. Bede's palliative care unit at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, who looked after my mother in her final days. Uh, Richard John Taylor, the director, is coming up. He uh, came up with a suggestion of doing a, a screening. It's a fiver ticket. Uh, you can buy them at nufcmatters.com. Come along and see the craze. Gangsters behind bars at the Irish Club uh, in the concert room, Saturday the 11th of June, 
And uh, as I say, all proceeds going to the palliative care unit at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. John from QTech and Chris Hall did buy some tickets. I'm not sure how many's left, uh, but if you want to claim a free ticket, they have already paid the money uh, to uh, you know to me, and uh, we pass that on to the charity. So if you want to come along to that, there are a few free tickets you can claim. Just email John at nufcmatters.com uh, to claim your free tickets today. And don't forget, you can still vote for your player of the season, which we will announce tomorrow night. And the last time I heard it was uh, a resounding runaway. Uh, I'm not sure who it is, but John knows. So uh, get your vote in if you want to change that. That will be announced tomorrow night on the Three Amigos show. And if you haven't caught up with this yet, George Mitchell, uh, our uh, most experienced panellist, uh, I like to call him, was on his own show this week. Those were the days. We look back at the 1950-51 season. So uh, pop on to that uh, on the playlist. Uh, George Mitchell did a fantastic job on that show and uh, looking forward to uh, looking at the next season with him. And the Sam Fender T-shirt was at £200 last I looked. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter profile, at Steve Wraith. Sam Fender will sign the T-shirt. All proceeds for that, of course, will be going to uh, NUFC Food Bank. And uh, in case I forget at the end of the programme, it's a, it's a big uh, happy birthday, Mom, to the Queen. She mm. had a Truman of the Colour today and uh, obviously Jubilee celebrations uh, tomorrow where we've all scored for a bank holiday, haven't we? So, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's been good. I like the, I like to watch the pomp and the pageantry, etc. And I'm sure that many of you do. And uh, yeah, I hope she has a, a good day. Seventy years on the throne. Wow, uh, quite a, an incredible achievement. Okay, back to your questions. John Askew is in with this one. He says, Ross, do you think other Premier League clubs will up their games in the transfer window in view of the extra competition we now provide for European placings? Um, I think it's going to be a really big, big summer for 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 transfers in the Premier League, regardless of um, of Newcastle's involvement. Um, you know, you look at the top six. Uh, Man City have already signalled their intent with with Erling Haaland. Um, Liverpool are going to have to do some business because it looks like they'll they'll be losing Sadio Mane at least. Maybe he's a you know probably need another maybe he's another forward brought in and, and maybe freshen up the midfield a little bit as well. Um, Chelsea with a, a new billionaire owner coming in and the, the squad rebuild that they need to do. They're going to be spending big money, I'm sure. Spurs with, with Conte are going to have to spend money just to keep him happy. He's not going to hang around if, he, if he's not given some resources to work with. And, and they've just had a, a £150 million injection, cash injection from, from their owners as well. So you can expect them to spend spend big. Arsenal were the biggest spenders, of the, I think, last season anyhow. And they're going to have to strengthen their squad again and, and go again so there's what there's there's your top five and then you've got man united who you know as we we talked about earlier they've got a massive probably the biggest squad rebuild um of anybody um this summer so that top six are going to spend big big money i'm sure between between us it, it could be it could be incredible amounts you throw in your castle into that and, and one or two others you know villas transfer businesses has already been um, well noted and, and really, really um, impressive. I think so far. So um, there's going to be a lot of money spent this this summer. It's going to be. It could be one of the most um, exciting transfer winners the Premier League's seen. And from a Newcastle perspective, certainly the most exciting that, that we've seen in um, in in the last what 10, 15 years potentially. Do you think Dan Ashworth could be the big signing of this summer? 
Yeah, yeah, he, he could be. He could be. Um, it's a really important deal. It, it's 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 interesting that they've that they've managed to to negotiate his release early from from his Brighton um, gardening leave. So they're obviously very very keen to to get him in before the before the 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 transfer window really kicks off, so he can play he can play his role. He, I mean, his role at the club's going to be it's going to have a, a wider remit than just just transfers you know he's going to be looking at at a, at a heck of a lot more than just um just signings but that will obviously be a, an immediate focus from um i think this could be a really again we, you know you could we could go back in in well we could look back in in, in a few years time and look back at, at dan ashworth coming in saying look that was a an incredible piece of business you need to get to have the right people in around in the right in the right roles in and around the club not just on the pitch but off the pitch behind the scenes work in in these key key areas, you see that all the top clubs have got they've got stellar professionals in these really high end top level um, director roles. Um, you know, Newcastle have had it in the past again, back to the Keegan era when you had your Freddie Fletchers and, and the likes. You know, pulling the strings and and people who, who did a lot of um, the top end work behind the, the scenes. Dan Ashworth is is is, um, is very 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 highly regarded within football. And for Newcastle to 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 get him to St James's Park, I think is a is a bit of a coup, to be honest. Yeah, um, John says get Joe Aribo and Alfredo Morelles before your rivals snap them up. Uh, Sean uh, says Ake and Jintenko are of it, uh, up for grabs. Centre back and versatile left back. What's your thoughts on that uh, quartet that have just been thrown at us by the uh, chat? I wouldn't touch the two Rangers guys. I wouldn't touch Aribo or or Morelles. Uh, um, I don't bear, uh, you know, not for me. I've, I've watched them both a fair bit over the years. Not players who I think would dare would improve improve Newcastle's squad. Um, so no, not for me. Um, Ake is a Ake is an interesting one. You can see why it, it's just, it's an obvious link, I suppose. You know, he's 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 played Freddie Howe before at, at Bournemouth. He's a he's a left sided centre half. Um, you can see why. He's capable of being left back as well. You can see why why he would be um, he would be he would be someone who the you know who would be linked with Newcastle. And Zinchenko, as we talked about before, I thought was outstanding last night for Ukraine. He's obviously a, a, a very very good footballer. Um, those two were, I, I suppose, with Zinchenko and, and Ake, you would if you were looking at it from a, from a player's perspective, are you going to go from Man City to Newcastle at this point in time? You know the. They both a fair bit, bit of um, bit of football at, at, at Man City this season. They've got Champions League. They just won the, the Premier League title. Are you going to drop from from City to Newcastle at this point in your career when Newcastle are where they are? I think it's probably it's maybe a little bit too too soon for for that. So I'd be surprised if they'd, they'd come. I would personally, I would certainly take Sinchenko. Yeah, Don says that uh, with Dan Ashworth uh, shows the owners are getting the best possible football people into the uh, the back room. I would agree. Um, if we don't get Botman, uh, what about his this lad Jules Kunde? Says John Burbeck. Oh, you'd be lucky. You'd be very, very lucky. Uh, again, a, a high, a, you know, a high end player, really top quality, um, world class player. I think he's, he'll have his pick of his clubs if he. Um, if you leave Spain, and I think I think Newcastle would be further down the pecking pecking order. It'd be great if they could attract somebody like him, and never say never. But um, but I know he's he's been very very 
very close with Chelsea in the past. Obviously, Carlos has, has left there as well, to there as well. So whether um, whether they're, they're going to let both centre halves go is a, a different matter. But I think he has to be very fortunate to get somebody like him. Uh, Gary's saying, why is nobody mentioned Madison as a possible signing? He says, I know you've mentioned him, Steve, but no one else. But, uh, you know, it, it's somebody who I would like, Gary. I don't think any uh, Leicester players of any quality would be looking to jump ship from, from Leicester just at the moment. I think we need European football before we start bringing in, you know, players of that quality. Uh, I've got to be honest. I mean, Trippier took a gamble. I'm not sure, you know, other people would, but we, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, George says, can we appoint Johnny Depp? Um, and all his treasures, because all his treasures will help us deal with financial fair play. Yeah, Johnny Depp in town last night. Couldn't have scripted that, could you? That oh, was incredible, wasn't it? Incredible. You saw you saw social media just light up last night with uh, with him and Sam Fender. Just it's just it's that's the mental world of Newcastle, the city, not just the, the football club. The mental world of Newcastle is the is the city. They're probably the most high profile and talked about person in the world at this at this point in time. Um, just happens to be sat on the quayside when uh, when he's his court case court case is announced. So incredible, incredible story. Eight, eight and a half million pound into his bank account. He didn't even buy a round. DMA tells you all you need to know. Uh, Roy says not many strikers available. Really, I had hope for Patrick Schick before he signed a new contract with his current club. Yeah, strikers are a hard thing to find. Roy, one hundred percent. Tom uh, asks a couple of questions. He said, "Would you take anybody from Manchester United, Ross?" First of all. Yeah, I would. I would take. Uh, I think I'd take Lingard. I, I do think I'd take a gamble on on Lingard. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, and I, and I totally understand understand why. But I would, on a free, I would take a gamble on on Lingard. Um, there's a couple of other players there that that if they became available, um, I would look at none of the. You know, you look at some of the ones that have been released. Obviously, Pogba's been Pogba's moving on a free. He's going to end up. Uh, Either Juventus or Paris Saint Germain, you would have thought. Um, and I don't think I would I would be tempted with, with Pogba anyhow. For all he's a world class player. I just don't think he'd fit in with with Newcastle's uh, philosophy and in, in, in ethos at the minute. Um same one matters, you know, his best better days of being him still a fantastic player. Um I know I, I mentioned him a few weeks ago on, on this show. I, I I really like Marcus Rashford. I think He's had a really bad time. I don't think he'd ever come. I don't think he's going to come this summer, and I don't think Man United will, will leave him. But if he did become available, I think he was he'd be the type of player I would I would certainly be interested in. But again, I think that's that's where I think that's too early for for Newcastle in this state of of progression and, and development. Dean Henderson and, and Lingard, I think I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be surprised if those two would end up from Man United in Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, Tom also says, "How do you think England will do in their group? It looks like a tough group." I, I say, I love that. This is probably going to split opinion as well. But I love, I love the Nations League. I like watching England, and I, I, this Nations League just adds a little bit something different to the to what we're just dull friendlies. You know, who we've got? We've got Hungary, Italy, and Germany. You know, you, to play, you know, you're playing Italy, you're playing Germany. They're two massive, massive games. You know, if you can't get up for those as a as an England player and or as an England fan, then then it's a little bit disappointing. But I'm I'm really looking forward to them. I think there'll be I think there could be great games. I'll certainly watch them. Um, I know I know England games don't appeal to, to everybody, but I'm excited by them. I'm, I, I I like watching England. I like I like Gareth Southgate. I like um I like what he does. I like his philosophy. I, you know, he's a really really good bloke, and and I think he's a a, a decent coach as well. 
who you know, got England to, to a semi-final and a final and still gets still gets pelters from people. You wonder how much he's got to do before he gets uh, a little bit more respect. Um, but I think he's a I think he's a cracking. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know. But bit, bit on a on a on a side note here, I wouldn't be surprised if Southgate at one point ends up in some sort of role at Newcastle. I'm just just been thinking off, off the top of my head there. I wouldn't be surprised. He still he lives fairly close. He lives just down in, in North Yorkshire, uh, not a million miles away. Him and him and Ashworth have, have worked. Dan Ashworth have worked together. I'm not saying he would come in as manager at Newcastle or anything else like that. But I just wonder. I, he's probably only got a couple of years left. It. it in England, he might stay with the FA or something, but I just wonder if there's some sort of director of football type of role or some sort of backroom type role once he's finished with England in the FA that he might he might um he might move into at Newcastle. Um yeah, I've gone off on a tangent there. You know, yeah, no, always interesting. Plan. It's always interesting. But, we'll yeah. we'll definitely clip that if it happens, uh, Ross. <laughs> in, in the future, in the future, you heard it here first. Uh, Tom Lynch, I doubt he'll be going to uh, Wearside for a pint mate. I think he'd be long gone now. He'll be back in uh, back on the road wherever Jeff Beck is. He'll be at tonight. Uh, Lewandowski on a free. Uh, says Vince Smith, another name which keeps getting bandied around and um, gets people excited. But again, I. I think that the lure of Champions League football would be what he would be looking for, certainly next season. And we can't offer him that, Ross. No, no, we can't. Um, that would be great. And even to be in the conversation for these types of players is um, is is incredible, you know, these days. Um, but yeah, that, that's, a, that's never going to happen, is it, unfortunately? No. Uh, John says, so Ross, why does Ekatike and his agent not want the move? Um, and do you think Newcastle will get another striker? I mean, it, it's not been reported that he doesn't want the move, John. I would look, we always err on the side of caution on this show. Um, you know, be careful who you follow and what you read, is, is, is the honest opinion. And there's some journalists, um, you know, will just clutch at straws, but you know, there's, there's a lot of good local journalists. Give them a follow on Twitter, they'll be able to help guide you. So, uh, yeah, it looks more positive than that, mate. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will get him over the line. Uh, Ant says, Lingard wants a load of dosh so he can jog on. John says, Pogba's a bad apple with too much ego. Uh, Sam, um, Matter is past his best. He's the kind of character that you would want, though, says Blue Rhythm Boy. Um, Lingard could be a bad influence within the dressing room, although no doubting his quality, says Mark Law. Uh, and Vince says, yes, uh, you know, how we'll look at his attitude. John Beck uh, says, you lot saying Woods from Burnley, yet you totally disrespect Alfredo Morales. Uh, who would you get who could score 25 goals a season? We don't disrespect Morello, him, John. Morelos doesn't score 25 goals a season for bloody Rangers, does he, in, 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 the, in the Scottish League? So mm. he's not got 25 goals in the Premier League for me. Absolutely not. not no disrespect for, to him. He's obviously, he, he's a talented player, but not, not for me in the... Uh, in, in a, if you're pushing to be a top eight Premier League club. Mm -hmm. I agree with John on this point. He says, just because you've got all the dough doesn't mean you need to break the bank for a top player. Yeah, and that's the kind of business that we did in January is the kind of business we will be doing now. Uh, we're aiming at better quality, John, says Vince Smith. And Jeff Beck is at the stage tonight. All right, I thought he might have been on last night. But uh, yeah, um, so Johnny, you know, Johnny Depp should still be in town then. Who was the first Colombian to play at St. James's Park? What, for Newcastle, John? It has to be Tino, doesn't it? I can't think of anybody else unless he's me and somebody who's who's played at St. James's for... Uh, for the opposition, but um, but in terms of pulling on the black and white shirt, it must be must be Tino, isn't it? 
Yeah, got to be. Got to be. Jeff is your uncle. Well, I hope he has a good gig, John. Uh, good good luck to him. I-25 in the uh, Scottish Premier League. How are you, man? Mitrovic could get 45 in the SPL then. Yeah, and I don't want Mitrovic either. Uh, don't Honestly, I don't. This is an interesting one. Complete, you know, again, complete fantasy island, I feel. Uh, Gareth Bale on a pay-as-you-play deal. I think PIF would like to do that. He's a big name. Tom Dixon says, what about Gareth Bale, Ross? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. What do you think, Steve, on this on this kind of big name thing? Because you know it was bandied around when 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 the takeover first happened, and you know with the, with the you know raising the profile in in Saudi in Saudi Arabia and everything else like that. Do you think that the that PIF and and the ownership want a a stellar superstar big name that they can that they can help you know promote the club um, further afield than than just just England, or do you think that they're a bit more savvy than that and just want to, to build something over a period of time with, with and get the right ethos, or is there room for, for both? I'm, I'm, I'm Bef- not sure on it myself, to be honest. Before they bought the club, the conversations I had were that it would be a structured budget. So, you know, they would go in, they, know that, they knew that they would have to make big changes, you know, off the pitch, training facilities, ground, um, you know, internal at the club. Um, but they knew that you know transfers would be very important as well, and obviously this was you know three years ago now that we're talking, and I see exactly what they laid out. You know the blueprint was always going to be you know a comfortable spend in the in the January and summer windows, so a hundred million in each windows. Um, I expect you know in and around that in and around that figure. Um, obviously, if they sell somebody. That money gets put into the pot as well, but I think it'll be strict and it'll be budgeted and it'll be done properly. And I don't think they will be bringing in, you know, ridiculous signings, marquee signings. I don't think we'll be going to, you know, the top six and getting that castoffs, which is what we did, you know, quite a lot of in the Shepherd and Hall era, um, which at the time was, you know, at the time it seemed as if it was good business, but. Eventually, it leads to you know the the club falling behind and and then eventually being relegated, which is what happened, you know, and 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 failure to, failure to get European football because as you start signing other players, castoffs, you know, you you're falling into that you know that falling into that category of also rants. So you you've got a situation where you know, Chelsea gave us Damien Duff, um, you know, he was past his best, you know, he didn't you know he didn't play well at newcastle and we don't want to go down that route i mean you know one one or two players you could probably pick out and say well we you know we got a we got a decent deal there keith gillespie coming from man united was a decent deal you know um you know obviously we lost andy cool but a lot of these players that are cast off from other clubs they never they're never they're never good enough and we're, we're not in that kind of market anymore and i think we will do business and we'll do business sensibly i think there will be one or two Big names come, and you know, but it won't be if, if the likes of Gareth Bale comes to Newcastle, I would be very surprised. No matter how many shirts it sells, um, you know, I could take a that's somebody exciting, that's a marquee signing. It's 39, you know, 36 to 39 million pound, young lad, highly rated. And if he gets off to the start that he should get off to in this league, you know, then you know, that'll sell enough shirts in its own right. But the players we brought in in January, because the club has been starved of transfer activity, um, 
really these you know you could bring anybody in almost anybody at the moment and the, the fans would be excited and you said it twice today already it's just great to be talking about these players it's great to be involved and we're at such a low ebb as a fan base still and a lot of us are still scratching our heads and looking at this and going oh god is this really real um we're still expecting to wake up and mike ashley still to be in charge we're just gonna we're just gonna enjoy it you know so like you have you know you, you go all around the houses to answer the question but at times but I, I just genuinely think that you know newcastle will stick to that strict budget there won't be there won't be held to ransom the players that come in will will be on a structured wage with incentives for wins and goals and performances whatever um and i think this is the way they'll do it i think it's a it's a marquee a mark you know a marquee signing which isn't going to happen and that's you know gareth bale which is which is the original question so it's, yeah it's like, I, it's like it's like michael owen isn't it you know it's like when, when you know that was the big market saying didn't didn't want to be yeah didn't want to didn't want to come but it was an exciting sign and that was that was there to generate headlines as much as as anything else you can see why owners are, are sometimes tempted to to go down that route um but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like that's that's what um what PIF and, and and everybody involved at the club are kind of building into it doesn't feel like that's the kind of anyhow philosophy either of bringing in you know he's going to want proper characters going to want people who have done that homework on and that sort of thing the other thing i would just say though is that and, and it hasn't happened yet but it will happen at some point they won't get every sign and absolutely right they won't every sign and that that comes in isn't going to hit the ground running isn't going to be a success you know that's just that's just football that's just life you know you're not going to get um you know alex ferguson awesome Wenger, the Mourinho, the best managers you can name in the, in the world don't get every every man every signing right every recruitment decision right um so there is a there is going to be some missteps along the way um and we just have to, to have to accept that for, for what it was for what it is um but as long as for me as long as the the, the kind of standard philosophy is is right and and they're the working to a structure and they're working to a plan and that's all you can ask for yeah james tavernier john is is an ex newcastle player of course um it is one i've often looked at i mean i'm a rangers man myself as, as well as newcastle i do enjoy watching rangers play um do i think he could cut it in the premier league probably yes now i do um are we looking at somebody in his you know in his position no i don't think we are i don't think that's an area we need to strengthen but do I think he's capable of, to, of, of doing something in the Premier League? Of course I do, and I think he'd love. I think he'd love it back in Newcastle. But you know, we did cast him off, um, so I'm not. I'm not 100 sure that um, you know that kind of thing is again in in you know in the eyesights of of the owners. I think there'll be lots. But uh, Botman and Lodi uh, alone is 100 million gone. Says Andy. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's just it's just good to be linked with these players. It's what Ross said before. It's just nice to be able to sit here, you know, on a summer's evening and talk about these players potentially coming to Newcastle. Two pre-season, two pre-season friendlies organised, Ross, obviously at both at home, uh, back-to-back games, uh, which is great um, for the fans. It's hopefully going to give a few people who may not get the opportunity to go to St James's Park uh, for for league games uh, this season. An opportunity to see the the team play pre-season which is great oh fantastic really really pleased when those games were um were announced you know i think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or last week steve about you know about getting those pre-season friendlies in it in its home you know you know we've had 
you know your Juventuses and in, in, in the likes at uh, at St James is over in the in the not too distant past. So um, the good standard of, of teams as well, you know, good caliber of, of opposition. Um, but you always like to have a, a, at least one, hopefully a couple of, of preseason friendlies at home because um, again, it just whets the appetite a little bit more for for the new season. You get to see get to see um, new signings and, and the team in, in play. The other thing I'd like to see, which which I thought was a really good um, really good initiative that was done a few years ago. I can't remember how many years ago it is now, but um, the open training sessions at St James's as, as well when they when they did that and, and again stick it on in the school holidays let the kids in for free, um, watch a, an hour and a half training session on the on the pitch. Um, I thought they were really, really good um, initiatives back in the day, and it would be nice to see something like that um, in place again. But two pre-season friendlies is, is, is a, at home is an excellent idea. Yeah, and if you didn't know, we are playing Atlanta on Friday, July the 29th, 7.45 kickoff. Uh, and then we play a Spanish uh, team, Atletico Bilbao, on Saturday, July the 30th. The kickoff for that one, though, is to be confirmed. And, uh, yeah, I think everybody is looking forward to them. Uh, thanks, obviously, to everybody in the chat, as always. So, we have plenty of questions and, and uh, hope we gave you a few answers uh, tonight. And thanks to everybody uh, who's been moderating as well. Always good to have you guys in there, uh, making sure that we don't get anybody in there uh, uh, being, being naughty, but uh, very good to have all that. Nicholas, we'll give you the last um, the last comment. He says, just great to have our football team back competing. That's all I want. Uh, trophies are welcome bonus, but NUFC has its soul back. And uh, I think we can both agree with that, mate. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, you know, said it a few times now great to have these conversations um great that the 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 joy and the 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 excitement um is in the club again you know uh, everybody's excited going into into the summer um and looking forward to, to seeing who comes into the club and, and how how the team manages to kick on next season Yep, don't forget, uh, we are back tomorrow night, 5.30, and it is the three amigos, and Keith Patterson will be back tomorrow night as well, 5.30 till 7.30, with all your usual favourites. If you are doing something tomorrow for the uh, for the Jubilee, make sure you uh, enjoy yourselves, have a great time, and uh, Ross, look forward to having you back next week, mate. Take care, enjoy your weekend. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, everyone.